This is the Horror Foria podcast, and this is Shocktober. Andy Gilly and John Richards are watching and reviewing Halloween themed horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? Or is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Foria podcast. It is Thursday, October 1st of 2020, the second annual Shocktober episode number 79, discussing Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, broadcasting from our 30 More Days Till Halloween, Silver Shamrock Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And I'm Andy Gilley. Yeah. We have Anya Gore with us today. Yeah, special guest Anya Gore. Welcome. Absolutely. Welcome. Thank you. And uh, Anya, you're, uh, uh, why don't you describe a little bit what you do with, uh, with your Instagram and with uh, Malevolent Productions? Sure. I am basically a horror model. Um, yeah. Everything horror-related, gore, anything within the dark realm and i've been doing it for about a year now with melissa from malevolent productions she's my primary photographer and we try to you know pay homage to our favorite horror movies and just be as creative in the dark realm as we can yeah you just did a uh, uh, little homage to us recently uh some very cool imagery some really neat stuff i really like it Thanks. It's one of my favorite movies, so I was really excited to do that. Yeah, both Andy and I really enjoy it. You guys do a fantastic job. And Anya is has joined the the world of podcasting. Right. What's that called? Horror and more with Anya Gore. I love it. Great ring to that. And I was Thank I was you. I was on it drunkenly uh, what last weekend or weekend <laughs> yeah, you two know, weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was uh, great. Yeah, you did. a. It was a great podcast until you started snacking. <laughs> I was hungry, man. It yeah, was I, it was like almost midnight my time. Uh, yeah. Our time. So um, the, I, I, I enjoyed your uh, podcast, Anya. You do a great job on that, too. Thank you. All righty. How about horror movie news? Andy? All right, horror movie news. In a story from Bloody Disgusting, three members of the crew of the new Scream movie tested positive for COVID-19. The production has split the teams up into what they call pods, which have uh, little interaction with each other. So the affected pod was not the primary pod with the actors and directors. Production was slated to resume a couple days ago, I think on Monday. Uh, so let's wish those crew members a speedy recovery. Uh, Scream is sl- uh, slated to release January 14th, 2022. Are you excited about that coming out? Anya? Yes. The, the new scream? Yes, I am, actually. <laughs> Very nice. That, that seems weird to me. They put them in pods. I, I don't know how they'd film that. Yeah, well, they I think they keep units of the crew that are that don't need to interact apart from each other is what that means. So yes. um, so hopefully uh, that, that uh, they can continue production there. Uh, hopefully they did get to continue. I didn't hear anything, but it was slated to continue on Monday. So hopefully that continues. Blumhouse's The Craft Reboot will be heading to On Demand October 27th. Dread Central had a story which outlined that the new take on the 1996 craft film, which I previously said was such a 90s film, I didn't think it could be redone. It stars uh, Feruza Balk, uh, Robin Tunney, and Rachel uh, True. Nev Campbell also rejoined the cast for this film, which seems to be getting a better response than I expected. Rotten Tomatoes says the craft's campy magic often overrides the feminist message at its story's core, but the appealing cast and postmodern perspective still casts a sporadic spell. 
I mean, having Nev Campbell come back to this uh, was a real indicator to me that it might be good. Sure. Uh, 1996 craft film is uh, is about women and for women. I think its importance is underrated. It, it did more to usher in an era of movies about and for strong women than it, it's really given credit for, I think, mm-hmm. which, you know, often horror movies aren't. Um, you know, it... I, I saw a lot of my friends in college in this movie, women who were, you know, in the 1996 craft, women who were, you know, the outsiders and you didn't really have that during this area and during this era of, uh, of movies. Clueless was really the film about women that was popular at the time. So there you go. Um, Anya, what do you think? <laughs> I was a big craft fan in the 90s. I preferred it actually over Clueless. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. But I can't I, I, say I, that I'm going to enjoy it the same way I did when I was 16. When I, and I, it, it can't be the same kind of movie that it was in the 90s. I mean, Clue, uh, uh, sorry, Clueless. The Craft was just a quintessential 90s movie, and uh, it really did bring in this era of strong uh, female or women uh, characters onto the screen, I think, in, in more than just the horror genre. Um, and uh, and I, I don't think it gets credit for that. It, it was a more important movie than I think is, is it's really given credit for. So I'll be very interested to see how this how this movie uh, what they do with it uh, and uh, how how they bring it out. Um, I think you know having Nev Campbell endorsed it basically by by joining the cast is is a real good indicator that it might be good. It might. So we'll see. Uh, for a while, everyone had wine. I had an ACDC wine once, and wasn't there a Walking Dead wine, too? Yeah, I think that came out yeah, for, for uh, a long time. Really <laughs> unneeded tie-in, uh, but now everyone has coffee, I guess. Dead Sled Coffee is collaborating with Robert Unglund to make a nightmare blend coffee. Unglund, not in Freddy makeup, is seen on the label drinking a couple wearing Freddy's glove. If you buy the coffee, you don't just get coffee. You get a t-shirt with the aforementioned picture of Unglund drinking the brew with Freddy's glove, magnets, stickers, and more. Oh, Free Shipping in the U.S. Available pre-order September 28th on Dead Sled Coffee. I guess that was uh, a couple days ago on DeadSledCoffee.com. And you know what's silly about that? It's going to sell out in a day. Probably. Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's got Robin It's Hunt the appeal it. of, of Nightmare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Freddy. Exactly. Yeah. People must buy this stuff. People bought that Walking Dead wine, too, I think. You know, it's for collectors. Didn't make any we sense. We talked about food, buying food for, like, for, yeah, I don't for think like food nostalgia. Is, yeah, I don't think food is a good thing to collect. <laughs> or drinks or whatever. <laughs> Ask my parents. They, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's a good way to get mice. Uh, Darren Lynn Boozman, director of Spiral from the Book of Saw, the new take on the Saw franchise from the mind of Chris Rock, says that the new movie takes the Saw mythology in a completely fresh direction. Speaking on the Boo Crew podcast, Boozman also said that Chris Rock brings some levity to the movie, but not, but that it is not a comedy. Boozman said, we did an early screening of Spiral when we thought it was coming out, and it was so awesome sitting in the theater because there are a couple of really amazing, hilarious things that take place because it's Chris Rock. Uh, in sitting in the test screening... Uh, in sitting in the test screening audience, I've never heard people laugh at a Saw movie. It doesn't happen. Mm-mm. And you hear this uproarious laughter and then this immediate silence because it turns on a dime. The uh, movie was supposed to come out in May, but it got pushed to 2021. In addition, Rock uh, to the Rock uh, to Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson is in the film. That's the exact reason I'm watching that movie. Oh, I'm yeah. so tired of the Saw franchise. I don't know about you, Anya, but I am sick of it. But... Sam Jackson being in that, I'm on it. I think I think I'm really interested in seeing Chris Rock's take on this because he he sounds like he's a super fan. Okay, so is that it? Yeah, I'm with you guys. Not a fan, but I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Rock in it. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, do you have any trivia? Andy? I do have some trivia. Uh, horror movie trivia. The iconic song, the Silver Shamrock movie, or in... <laughs> I'm sorry, the iconic song in the Silver Shamrock commercial is a take on this traditional English nursery rhyme. We're going to let our guests take that one. I have no clue. Ooh. I'm not good with old nursery rhymes. I have no idea, but I do feel like I recognize it. Yep. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Yankee Doodle Dandy? No. London Bridge is falling down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so they use that. So they used the uh, London Bridge is falling down because it was in the public domain. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's just you're not like, going to get sued for it. Yeah, so. you're not going to get sued for it, so <laughs> might as well. All right, Andy's Chainsaw Chainsaw plot. plot. Dr. Daniel Chalice. That's how you say it, right? Chalice, yeah. Chalice. Dr. Daniel Chalice. Yeah, I've seen this movie like 10 times. You think I'd know that? <laughs> Dr. Daniel Chalice suddenly becomes an investigative sleuth when a murder occurs at, the ho- at his hospital that seems linked to a brand of children's Halloween mask. Bas- uh, backed by his forensic science performing hospital staff and the daughter of one of his apparent victims, Chalice works to solve the mystery of the Silver Shamrock Company. Perfect. This is your spoiler alert. We are going to be talking about Halloween 3 from 1982, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, come back to find out with what Andy, Anya, and I thought about it. Anya, initial thoughts of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I enjoyed it. <laughs> wow. Short and sweet. <laughs> What are you? Are you a fan of the uh, like Halloween? The first Halloween? Uh, do you like the Blumhouse reboots, the Rob Zombie movies? Um, I do like the first Halloween, the first and and second, and I really enjoyed this and its take and how different it is, and knowing that John Carpenter wanted it to be different. So I really appreciated that. Um, I am a big Rob Zombie fan. I didn't love Halloween and Halloween 2 by him, but um, I enjoyed them a lot better than, you know, 4, 5, 6, 7 into H2O into whatever else. Resurrection. Yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think I heard you say that you almost walked out of H2O in your podcast. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I laughed out loud and people looked at me like I was losing my mind. I thought it was so bad. <laughs> and there has been some bad entries in that in this uh in this uh, series, that's for sure. zombie. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> you know what? I rewatched Halloween two by him, and I just last week, and I still enjoyed it. Oh, did you really? <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I, did, uh, yeah, I liked his version of Michael Myers. He actually grunted while he was killing people, and <laughs> I liked that. That's his. That's his really dark version of Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. I can understand why people enjoy it, but from it's not my cup of tea. Uh, Andy, your thoughts on Halloween three? And I think this is a bit of an odd film. Obviously, there's no connection to the other Halloweens um, outside of there's a little homage on the TV. Uh, I think twice, they, yeah, twice where they show Michael Myers. Uh, idea was interesting. Ultimately, it was a box office failure. Um, it, when I don't, I don't know. Um, I guess when we continually ask the question why we're exposed to the same thing over and over again in horror, we could probably uh, point to this as what happens when directors and writers have an original idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, it, it didn't do well at the box office. It doesn't mean it's a bad film. I, it's not 
one of my favorite movies, and I guess I would have preferred to see another Michael Myers entry into this. It's definitely original. It's different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's. It, I think it is cool what John Carpenter was trying to do with this here, um, and uh, but it just it doesn't. Um, outside of some of the special effects, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interestingly, uh, I'm after researching this. I'm interested to read the novel of this film. It was extremely popular, apparently, uh, written by Jack Martin. There's apparently a lot more detail, very well written, about uh, Silver Shamrock and what this guy is trying to do with Stonehenge and everything. Uh, copies of the book are on eBay for like uh, uh, like ninety bucks. Amazon has it for hundred fifty. Holy moly! So <laughs> I'd be really interested to read it. And it's it's just a really strange conglomeration of Stonehenge, robots, bugs, snake, Celtic magic. I, I don't know how you can cram all of that into one movie, but they did it. They're witches, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely interesting uh i i appreciate what they were trying to do here but um i mean it it isn't uh, it isn't my favorite horror movie i guess we use this word a lot and it's hard for me to take off the nostalgia glasses for this i i am so uh i i cherish the whole halloween franchise as a kid when i saw this movie it didn't scare me as much as Halloween 1 or Halloween 2 did, but it did enough for me to build my um, um, taste for horror movies up so much that it just, like, those three movies are like, I know it was different, and it, it's a bad movie, I'm going to say that. Some of the acting is terrible, but you, then you have, like, the the stud of the 80s horror movies, Tom Atkins in this, right. and he adds so much to this. He's, like, such a, he's got such an overacting to him. Uh, you know, the story itself is really, you know, it's loose. There's there's not. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's, it, it, nothing's really cohesive in this movie, but I, God, I love it. I, I, I just, I'm not going to say, well, well, we'll give our ratings at the end of it, but no, it's like, like, it's my movie. It's, I, I hold it like I hold a, a security blanket when I was a kid. So it was hard to, for me to take away all the problems with it. And I, I loved it again. I watched it last night and I was so happy I did. Do you have any uh, nostalgia for this film on you? Do you, do you have memories of it before? When is the first time you watch this thing? Oh, I don't even remember. Maybe when I was 10, 11. Um, I do have a bit of nostalgia for it. But what I liked about it then and what I still like about it now is that it didn't have Michael Myers in it. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the different take that they were trying to do with it. And um, maybe I like to be against the grain. I don't know. But um, I know a lot of people didn't like it. And I just did. I like witches. I like witchcraft. And I liked the oddness to the man and um, and his humanoids. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this, this not only has no bugs, knows. this not only has witchcraft, this has robots, Andy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, robots. And, and you know, I wonder if that's part of my problem with it is that it's a Halloween movie and I stack it up against the other Halloween. If this was a movie called Silver Shamrock by John Carpenter, I wonder if I would. Now, I remember like the 
masks and bugs coming out of people's faces being talked about in the on the playground when I was in elementary school. Oh yeah, I mean this made an impact. Uh, I, I I think actually someone was kind of relating to it, uh, relating it to me as something that actually happened <laughs> when I was on the playground and we were like nine or something. I don't remember, but uh, they'd obviously seen it on VHS or some. It was a pretty shocking effect back in the eighties, and and uh, that those have to be. You know, actual bugs. They must have gotten an entomologist or something to uh, work on some of those effects. But uh, when Marge dies, this is still a really unsettling effect. Like how our faces peel apart like that, <laughs> a laser right through. Yeah, it. I mean, it's got it's lasers, a, Andy. It's a great, it's a great effect, and there really are some good practical effects in this movie. Um, and the, and the actual commercial, like the masks and the commercial, almost make me think it does have some more sort of magic hypnotic effect, or at least like a seizure inducing effect. You know, I mean, uh, I I don't know. In that song, yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to play "Screaming in the Night" by Crocus a hundred times to get it out of my head. <laughs> you know, it, it, I've, I've been I've singing been, it for the past few days. Me in my too. Head. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you do the head bop with it too. Yeah, I'm probably oh, gonna yeah. do that. Thanks. Thanks for to you for choosing this movie. I'm probably going to be thinking that until Halloween. I'm going to be like, no, it's 30 more days till Halloween. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, man. So, so I really think there are some uh, there are some great and and as far as like um, you know an early 80s horror movie, I think this stacks up to like some of the ones we've uh, reviewed recently, like um, um, Eyes of a Stranger. I think this is a better movie than that, yeah. and I like that one. Mm-hmm. It's just I think I'm comparing it to the other Halloween movies and I'm not uh, well I, I should say Halloween 1 and 2 right but but Anya did bring it up it's a fact that John Carpenter wanted to go to a completely different direction that's why he wrote the script that's oh, why he, he scored it again no I, I understand that I, I just I think that part of the reason it failed and part of the reason maybe I don't like it is because I stack it up to Halloween 1 and 2 and compare it to those and it's just not in the same league as those movies. Right, exactly, because it is so ingrained in your head that that Michael Myers is an icon of horror horror movies. Right. If, the, if, the, if Hollywood would have actually said, okay John, you want to make this kind of anthological, right? So you you know, your first two were Michael Myers your second one was about witches, your third one's going to be about Halloween zombies or whatever, you know, I, I, I understand your argument with that, but that's not what he wanted to do. Even if it was, there were some poor parts to it. It could have been really, really cool to go different directions with this, right? Right. So I, I read that initially John Carpenter and Deborah Hill wanted that. They wanted to have an anthology of three, but the story of Michael Myers didn't get wrapped up in the first one. So it did go to the second. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they had continued to do an anthology of three separate stories. And I wish they had done one more mm-hmm. that had no relation to it. Yeah, I think that would have really been an interesting concept. And again, I think if they hadn't called this, I, I guess that was their that was their thought on the out, outset of Halloween one. You're saying, yeah. Okay, so they were so, initially only going to do three, and they were all going to be unrelated. Really interesting. So I mm-hmm. I thought that he just got from from what I read, I thought he just got sick of doing Michael Myers and decided to. But you, you're saying that at the outset of, you know, uh, before they had created the movie, the first one with Michael Myers, Jamie Lee Curtis, that this was his plan was to, was yeah. to mm-hmm. and him this, and a woman named Deborah Hill. Okay. Yeah. And they, they worked a lot together. So, so what had happened, spoiler, uh, <laughs> into Halloween, Michael Myers disappeared. So right. his story was not complete. And then he ends up dying in the second one, which, you know, is 
definitely inferior to the original, but you know, still had the same kind of jump scares and stuff. So yeah, I don't remember Halloween two very well, but I, I just I think I see it as all one, all the same movie or something. You know, um, so that well, that's interesting, and I I, I, I would like to see I would have liked to see him him uh, explore this concept more. You know, I, I think a. Um, I think a second and third movie or, or at least an, another anthology that happens on Halloween by him would have been interesting. I love I love horror movies that happen in fall or on Halloween. I think, you know, that mm. and, and this definitely has that. So for sure. All right. Well, let's uh, let, let's get into the, the movie, the synopsis. Uh, so we we open up with a uh, guy, Harry. He's getting chased. He has a uh, mask by uh, two unknown assailants. We'll, we'll call them assassins because we find out later they're robots. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, first kill of the movie is uh, one of the one of the assassin guys. He pulls the wedge out and smashes this guy with another car, which I loved. I mean, th- this movie wasn't overly gory, but the kills were fun. I mean, unique and fun. You've seen them before, but I think it was like it wasn't your typical slasher type kill. No, I, I agree with that. I think the uh, gore in this movie and the uh, the effects were pretty good. I, I, I mean, we have an expert on gore here. Her name is Gore. So I mean, what, what did you think of that on you? I. Uh... I didn't like that kill. <laughs> you didn't like it? No. Why? I, I, it, the car was going too slow. It would have basically just hit him as a robot and just bounced off of him. And that was, and you know what? I did notice that I got that in my notes because he looks at it for like that, that long pause. I mean, it would have been cool if he was choking him out and he didn't turn around till like the final half second, but he was looking for at least three seconds. He could have moved. Mm-hmm. But maybe because he was a robot, he was programmed just to kill this guy and nothing was going to stop him. Just an excuse, man. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Harry gets away, goes to a gas station. Um, I don't know what happened to him. Did they say? Because like he went to the hospital. Um, Dan, our, our main character, Tom Atkins, gets to his ex-wife's house, gets a, a page about, you know, we got this patient. He goes back and tells uh, Dan that they're going to kill us. They're going to kill us all. And basically, uh, Dan goes to take a nap. It was like, yeah, it was all over the place. But one of the assassins or the other assassin that was in the car comes into the hospital. And the second best, the second kill, my favorite of the movie, uh, he's like, he's got his hand over Harry's face and he pushes his fingers into his eyeballs and just like almost pulls his like skull off of his back skull right mm-hmm. that 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 actually that that was a good kill i thought um and that's actually what i thought you were talking about as the initial kill i forgot about the guy who got run over but <laughs> did you notice something and and for our 2020 eyes and our thoughts um dan and the nurse he he pats her on the fanny while they're walking down the hallway did you see that yeah i, I felt oh, that, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like whoa whoa hey i felt there was kind of a lot of uh, i don't know inappropriate behavior by that doctor he's uh, oh yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah (laughs) he was he was a smooth dude in this movie sure was man i don't know i and and this is like the second uh john carpenter film where tom atkins has a relationship with a much younger woman and i i guess at least the fog yeah the fog being the other one um 
and I guess at least I think they both made the first moves on him. At least I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's got appeal. Uh, apparently, so that mustache. It was that, that's yeah. That's exactly right. The mustache back in the day. That was a Tom Selleck looking awesome thing, right? <laughs> well, and, and their relationship in general is just kind of. Uh, I didn't. I didn't find it all that plausible. Um, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't understand what attracted them to each other either. And maybe I think it'd be really interesting to read this $150 book from Amazon. I don't know if it's worth $150 to me, but uh, I, I'd really be interested to see what brought about their relationship. Because um, I don't know. I felt like the, uh, you know, the, the sex scene in this movie is almost as unnecessarily <laughs> un- unlikely as the one in Night Beast. If you've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really this it is was, what's happening now i i don't know you felt very very uncomfortable it, it, i thought it, I, it was i thought it was too i and it was it was crazy yeah and we're going off on a tangent here well maybe you know, maybe okay. it's maybe it's just uh maybe it's just our 2020 eyes looking back at this especially no. but but i don't know maybe the 70s were different i, I wasn't you know they uh, did they did a lot of that in the 80s movies and i you know i think we still have the same sensitivity to that not to the extent we do now which we need um you know, it, this guy, like, patted the nurse on the fanny. Mm-hmm. Um, he, like, gives a full-on open-mouth kiss to the to the uh, morgue gal, the doctor over there. He did, yeah. And then he made out with the daughter, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he's a, a playboy because he also later says to the morgue girl that he's waiting to take her out for dinner. Oh, let's right. say that. Yes, yeah. I remember that. He so I'm having that. a feeling that's maybe why he's divorced. With <laughs> <laughs> two kids. Yeah. I never thought it. You know what? You're right. There's probably real good reasons why he's well, divorced. And his wife isn't real pleased with him either. They, they, yeah. He's they, also they, shirking his parental duties all over this movie. Oh, go, yeah. per, go, go pretend to be a uh, uh, like a sleuth. Yeah, he's a doctor. He yeah, what need, qualifications he, does he have? For I, I investigating have to, crimes. I have to find out what happened to this guy Harry and Ellie. You know, we find out who she is really later in the movie. Um, did you guys notice that that okay? So Harry died. Um, this is when they're starting to investigate because Ellie's the daughter. She decides that she's going to do a little investigation of her own because her dad kept a jur- like a, a really good journal of what, everything that he right. did. Mentions this Silver Shamrock company, um, and then like it, it, the next scene is uh, Dan sitting in the bar smoking a cigarette. He's a doctor drinking, <laughs> and then she comes in and um, well, the funeral was that day. So this all happened within a day's period. You know, he died. They they did that, and then they had a funeral. So they go to this town. Uh, what was it, Mira Costa or something like that, in Northern California? Uh, they go Santa Mira. Yeah, Santa Mira. That's it. Um, so they they go into this town. It's a small town. You got everybody staring at Dan and Ellie as they're driving into town. There's cameras all over the place. These guys are like, this is weird. But you know what? We're still going to investigate. We're going to pretend we're buyers of these yeah. masks. Right. Right. And I just I I had. A difficult time understanding where a doctor just decides that he's going to become a like an in, investigator. And they were both like they were both really just I get adamant like, about it. I get her because it's her dad. I, I don't. That's where I noticed. Um, there's a scene where Ellie comes into the bar. So first that she's guided by the nurses. Oh yeah, you'll find him in the bar. So that's another <laughs> issue of his right there. He's clearly there all the time. Obviously. That's how she. 
sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Obviously, he's he's in the bar all the time. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she comes up to him and then she asks him, did my father say anything to you the night that he died? And he says, yes. He said to tell Ellie I love her. And then she says, oh, you're a bad liar and goes to walk away. And then later claims that her father was a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really understand in one respect he, he doesn't love her and she doesn't believe that he would say that on his deathbed. But here she is saying he's a wonderful man. So it was a, a weird um, opposing dynamic that I didn't buy. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that conversation was weird. And, and it's like there was no chemistry between these two. I mean, None. yeah, yeah that, that was what I until they like got to the motel and started making out i was like where did this come from yeah and again nothing was built with this i although we did like when they get to the hotel motel whatever um they get introduced to uh to to some great characters i didn't really care about knowing about them but we had a marge and the kupfer family right which is a mother daughter or mother son and dad and then and then th- these are all potential buyers that are going to go do a tour at this Silver Shamrock place. Um, so what? What? Well, Marge starts messing around with this printed circuit board with her bobby pin that she sees in the trademark thing. Right. And the little symbol thing, like it yeah. falls off the mask and she's messing with it and she gets a laser right through the face. Right. Which is really a great practical effect. This face that they show, mm-hmm. like it's split apart. The, the the mouth is split apart. And then I don't know what kind of bug this is that comes out of her mouth, but uh, it, it's it's a... It made me uncomfortable today. It made yesterday. It, yeah, it looked like a kind of a mix between a praying mantis and a cockroach. Like a giant, uh, yeah, some kind of giant <laughs> hornet ant thing. I, I don't know. It was it was a scary bug, uh, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think this is the the whole bug thing and stuff is still pretty effective today. These are. You know, obviously real bugs. These aren't CGI or whatever like we saw in It Chapter 2. Right. <laughs> and, Here, uh, here's what I, I really enjoyed is like all of a sudden this uh, this van comes in and you got all these guys in lab coats taking her away. And then we've, we finally get introduced to uh, what, Mr. Cochran. He's the owner. And um, he's like, well, we're going to. But that guy's accent was terrible, by the way. Um, he, uh, yeah, he goes, uh, yeah, we're going to take her to the factory. We have the best facility there. We're going to get her taken care of. So he's basically lying to Dan and Ellie that she died or, or what they created killed her. So and they're like, oh, OK, so think nothing of it. But they're still investigating. They decide to go to the factory the next day, I think, and, and take the tour. Yeah. Which uh, it, apparently they're giving the tour to. So this other this family, this guy is like the uh, one of the big, biggest salesmen of this thing. Is that is that what it yeah, what happened or something like that? Yeah. He yeah, sold the most masks yeah. and they became millionaires because of it. <laughs> was, was From that? these masks. <laughs> OK, I, I didn't catch that. But <laughs> yeah, she brags. The wife brags to Ellie at one point. Um about how yes they've opened this novelty store and we they've become so rich because of it <laughs> <laughs> which you know and, and this guy is like a basically a, a like a tech millionaire uh, uh from 2020 you know he's the equivalent of like uh i don't know jeff bezos or something but he but he deals in halloween masks yeah. so 
I don't know, get that, was, that business. That was yeah, me, I, I, right, exactly. I was like, wow, this is this is some businessman to be able to uh, pull all that together. So uh, from Halloween masks, or I could be a vice president of digital. Yeah, that right. No, I don't. I certainly. I, I wish I was that good a businessman, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, so this this uh, this factory, the uh, Silver Shamrock factory, was filmed in a milk factory. What is that? Actually, a milk factory, which is kind of a creepy place. I've been in one. Yeah, <laughs> milk factory. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what uh, the Silver Shamrock factory actually was. Nice. Um, and you know, you've got the whole. Uh, they're they're also uh, kind of mining a piece of Stonehenge in there. Yeah, they they find that. Um, well, in the beginning of the movie, they had they had said that a piece of Stonehenge got stolen. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they had that newscast when uh, Harry ran to the gas yeah, station was... saying something happened with Stonehenge and blah blah. And it's like it becomes an important part of the movie, so they kind of glaze over that a little bit. But right. they they show you just enough that hey, maybe this is an important part of the movie. Oh wait, it was later on. Um, <laughs> they're mining a piece of Stonehenge, which yeah. Apparently, putting this piece of Stonehenge in with a printed circuit board uh, is what shoots these lasers and stuff. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> and the Stonehenge has a force. Yes. Is what he said. Yep. Is, it was, is that right? Yeah. yeah he he calls it that. the force. Yes, exactly. Because he, he info dumps on you, Cochran info dumps on you later when he has uh, uh, Dan tied up with the Halloween mask on. Okay, that's ironic because I thought the, uh, the laser blast looked a lot like a lightsaber when it hit her in the face. <laughs> the Force. The Force, right? There That's you go. Saying. Star Wars, The Force. <laughs> uh, anywho, Ellie and Dan, they're, they're kind of running through. Uh, are, here, here's another thing with continuity with this movie is that they discover that, yes, this is the place that killed Harry. Hey, there's my dad's car. Hey, those people just standing up straight with no look or with a blank stare on their face look exactly like the person that assassinated my dad. We should call the cops. Nope, we're going to be vigilantes and we're going to get to the bottom of this like Scooby-Doo. I did think it was a little uh, reckless to go running towards her father's car and, and kind of, you know, waving her arms saying that it was her father's car. I, <laughs> I, I don't think that that obviously didn't work out very well for her either. <laughs> you know, I've been in a pre precautious situation myself before um, and ended up just out of fear, I guess, running after a, oh. a lurker. So, so this is this is plausible, do you think? Huh? Well, it could be if if it was actually a concern for her. But knowing that she didn't have a good relationship with her dad, that element of it made me not believe it. Okay. So if they had had a good relationship and she saw her dad's vehicle there and knew that he had gotten killed, absolutely. I would be on board with that 100%. But knowing they had a weird relationship and not discussing it, so the, the, that made me, yeah. Yeah, so the, the, ba the basis for your believing that, um, that they didn't have a good relationship was when she told... Um, Cole told the doctor in the bar that uh, she didn't believe that he said he, he loved her. Is it, was there any yeah. things? Okay. Cause yeah. I wonder. No, that's it. That's okay. the only thing that she's ever discussed about her dad sure. aside from growing up in that shop. Sure. Because I wonder if, um, I guess I took it that, um, maybe she thought the doctor was exaggerating or something like that. And I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, 
I, I thought maybe be. she was she was saying she was saying that the doctor was making that up to make her feel better about his death. It could be. I was, I she was hard to read because she just wasn't a very good actress. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. That's Agreed. I, I, I mean. And again, I'd be really interested to see more details on that in the book. The yeah. end of the movie, she does great because yeah. of what she is. Um, so they, uh, oh, where are we at here? Oh, they they get chased around. I, I like the fight scene between the robot and Dan. Um, you know, he gets him on the ground and he punches him in the stomach and he pulls out baby food and um, wires, <laughs> right. you know, which was awesome. And then, the, you know, that solidifies that, okay, these guys are robots. It, does a cut scene back to the morgue uh, where she discovers or, or, or she's like, what, what's going on here? These are robots. These are machines. And another one of the assassins comes in and, and drills her in the back of the head, like like one of those heavy duty drill things. Um, and then this is where we go to the final processing room. This is where uh, Ellie's tied up, um, where the family goes into they're doing this test screening of a, of a commercial. They take Dan and I God the Cochrane guy, he just info dumps everything, everything. <laughs> he takes it. It's like the, 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 you know, the trope of the evil genius telling the and protagonist everything that you're going to do. So they go into this main room where the they had a lot Stonehenge. to wrap up here. Stonehenge, robots, bugs, snakes, Celtic magic. Exactly I mean, right. They but, had to wrap that all up. So how else are you going to do it? My tiny little brain couldn't <laughs> process it all when I was younger. And now now that I've seen it, I'm like, oh, OK, that makes a lot more sense. But it's like he goes in there and he shows Oh, hey, look, Ellie's tied up. Oh, you you remember, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, you remember Marge? Yeah, she's dead on a, on a slab right now. And, oh, yeah, we're bringing this family in to do a little test screening. <laughs> and he's showing him this. I'm like, what? Right. Why? I don't know. I, I just, so this is where the, the bug thing first. No, the bugs came out of uh, Marge's oh, no, face. Bug, yeah, there there was a couple bugs. But this is, uh, this is a... I know it used to be a pretty disturbing scene for me where, where this family's in basically a family setting and then, uh, you know, he tests the masks out on them. Right. Well, on the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and I think that was. <laughs> OK. You don't get that a whole lot anymore. You know, <laughs> No, it, it didn't shock me as much. I love the mom's hysterical laughing. For, oh, yeah. For no reason whatsoever. She is just laughing hysterically because this commercial is so damn funny. Blah. Like she's going to roll on the floor and geez, that's the funniest joke I've ever seen. And like her kid all of a sudden is like grabbing the mask and just pump falls over. What happens to the mom? She she just does she does she faint? Or, or did yeah, you have a, I think she fainted. Okay, because I thought they all died. Maybe she had a heart attack. But then dad gets uh, bit by a rattlesnake, <laughs> which was awesome. <laughs> Bugs and snakes. I loved, I loved the snakes coming out of that mouth. So did I. I thought that was really, really effective. I mean, the way it was just they, they were all crawling all over each other. It's like something you'd see in Indiana Jones or something like that. It was it was great looking scene. Uh, but a scene that it came from a child's face. Oh, yeah. I loved that. It just added this element of creepiness. I agree, because you just you don't see that. And like when I was a kid, that was extremely scary, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> and, and I'm pretty sure I thought I was young enough when I saw this that I thought that was something that probably could happen to you. So, <laughs> Yeah, then they... Um, 
uh, the doctor goes in and does another info dump on you as we're doing this ritual. It's a Sawan. Is that, is that how you say it? Sawan, yeah. Yeah, Sawan or something like that. So they, they kind of give you the background of of this uh, witchcraft of what they do. And, you know, he info dumps on him saying, OK, this is what we do. Uh, this is the busiest time of year. We're going to take over the world and it's time for another sacrifice. So this is why we're doing it. Um, so he turns on Halloween <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. So Dan's tied up with a mask on his face. He ends up getting free, kicks in the TV, throws his mask up on one of the cameras, goes, saves uh, Ellie. So the uh, the jack-o'-lantern mask he had. Because they put the Jacqueline man. They put the skull one on. Oh, I thought they put the Jacqueline. Oh, the Jacqueline Manners. Yeah, that was on the kid. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So that was the. Uh, they actually made that. that I think this is the mask company that made the um, the Captain Kirk mask that they used in. I forget what the name name of it is. I'm pretty sure it's the same company that created the mask that they used for uh, Michael Myers. Yeah, because Carpenter just bought it and decided to paint it white to give it a scarier Right, right, exactly. I think most people know that story, but they use the same mask company, I think, and they they had this uh, skull mask, and I think it's like a witch mask or whatever the other one is, but they made this uh, jack-o'-lantern mask specially for, as a tie-in to the movie. Just for it? Just just for Halloween 3, yes. Interesting. So, and uh, I liked this scene as well because they had the Halloween music that came in right at this scene. Did you guys notice the score was actually really good since uh, Carpenter did it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, with those organs and stuff like that, he was, I mean, it's not as iconic as the OG, but. I, so you're saying that the Halloween music, I, I didn't catch No, that. no, the, the stuff outside of the Silver Shamrock song. Like yeah, so, Daniel, well, the, the scene where he is trying to get himself free and he's wearing the skull mask, yeah. it is one of the songs. It's not the the theme song from Halloween, oh, okay. but it's one of the other songs that's consistently In, throughout the movie. Okay, mm-hmm. right, right, okay. I, I thought you were saying it was like the, the piano, the dee-nee-nee-nee. No, 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 the, no, it's a completely no, different score. No, not exactly, score. but okay. it's similar. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm doing a lot of singing in this podcast, which I shouldn't ever do. So I, I apologize dude, for that. Dude, the voice is coming up. Try out. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I'll skip that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give that a big hard no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dan's tied up. Uh, he ends up getting uh, Ellie free. So they... They're doing their. They, I, I thought the escape scene was kind of cool. I thought I, I thought w- the way they kind of got out and you know were, were maneuvering around, and then then he grabs a box of the symbols. So he dumps the box onto this uh, what you call it uh, uh, onto the Stonehenge thing, and it kills everybody. And then <laughs> Mr. Cochran's sitting right there and goes and disappears. Sweet, come on. Then he turned to stone first though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He turned like, no, I think it was like, it looked ice or something like that. Yeah. Well, it, was, it was kind of cool. I, I got the idea that he turned to like a piece of Stonehenge. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought know. it was stone as well. <laughs> I like the way he clapped, though. Oh, my favorite thing before he leaves the room and info dumps on Dan. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his consistent no emotion to anything at any time. Yes, because he almost talked like Vincent Price. (laughs) (laughs) Almost the whole movie. See, that's why I loved his accent. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Claps disappears. Warehouse explodes. Dan and Ellie are riding off into the sunset. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Ellie... Is not who she seems to be. 
she tries to choke Dan. Slams into the uh, tree. Doesn't her head pop off or something like that? Or, or he knocks her head off. Yeah, he, he knocks, knocks her, her head off. Yeah, tire iron. Yeah, and she's just looking there. Uh, so Ellie is a uh, robot sent to uh, terminate Dan. I, I guess this is where they got the idea for Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then you got this great scene of uh, <laughs> the, the arm trying to choke him out, and he right. just throws it. <laughs> well, it was, it was left in the car. I remember that. Yeah, and it uh, came out with him. Yeah. <laughs> So, so there was a point at which, she, but she, I mean, she's been, I got, she was, she was a human before and she got replaced with this robot, right? That's where I didn't know. That, that's, I that's the so. idea I got. I'm sorry, Anya, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, no. It's like, I was just going to say, I, th- I think he replicates people and yes. then kills them and creates a humanoid robot that, version of that's them. That's exactly what I thought. I didn't think that Ellie was, uh, and I think... If you don't catch that, because there's a point at which she's not with Dan and right. And, and she kind of gets captured or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just didn't it's... understand why they weren't doing that to Dan. Right. Why they took her and what the purpose was to turn her, but not him. Yeah. They just wanted him to witness everything yeah. that she was getting turned. That's a real good question. Why didn't they replicate him when he's got this mask? Unless they did that to her, unless part of this mask part of it is is the first step towards replicating you as a robot. That's a big plot hole. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I never even thought about that. Maybe it's explained in the $150 book. <laughs> Buy it and then let me read it after you're done. <laughs> yes, I'm spending exactly. $150. I wonder if bucks I can get a PDF book. of it or something illegally. Uh, 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 <laughs> don't say that. We work in radio. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> it's it's publishing, though. We don't. I, if I, it's not a song that I'd be stealing. I think, I think it'd be fine. Thoughts and opinions expressed on this show are from Andy, by Andy, only by Andy. <laughs> All right. right. We're getting close to the end here. So, yeah, we know that uh, Ellie is a robot or replicated or whatever. Big plot hole. We just figured that out. Thank you, guys. Um, so, so Dan gets to the same gas station where Harry was at the very beginning of the movie, makes a phone call. It's TV stations, right? He's calling like the... the yeah. The, and okay. Station manager yes. or something like that. Right. So he's he calls calling, one station manager who controls the only three radio stations apparently with the three ads right so and, and I, I i you know being in media i thought this was um preposterous that <laughs> that we would ever cancel an ad based on someone calling us to tell us that it was you know going to end the world and i was thinking <laughs> well, the same. didn't he say at one point um tell them it's a bomb i don't care he did say that you're right you're right <laughs> he did say that I, I still don't. I mean, I, you, we get calls all the time because people hate ads and, and are annoyed by them. I, I don't think we'd take them off the air that with that short of notice. First of all, yeah. <laughs> if we got a bomb threat, we're leaving. Yeah, we would just leave and the <laughs> ad would play anyway. Sorry, dude. <laughs> we'd be on the streets watching all the kids turn into uh, laser beams, all laser beams all over the place. All right. Over exactly. the place. Anyway, he does get he successfully gets at least two channels yeah. to shut the ad off. And then it cuts to black as he's saying stop it yep Yep. Uh sorry i didn't want to yell into the mic (laughs) hanya did we miss anything (laughs) no my my biggest complaint about this movie was there was no blood none yeah you're right how how were there people's 
eyeballs being shoved into the back of their head and one guy's uh, the homeless man's head gets ripped off and there's no blood. It did. He got decapitated. He oh, got forgot ripped about completely that. off. There was blood. Yeah. They saw they not not enough. No, not yeah, you're absolutely right. Because it, you saw enough. it and it was but it was dark. It didn't look red. It yeah, just looked it wasn't like a, it was kind it was of a shadowy. Head getting ripped off. Yeah. I mean, there should have been much more blood. And well, also you can't rip off a head. You've well, got bone. Yeah, right, right. That's, that's <laughs> unless you're a cyborg sent well, if you're, from the future. That's true. Yeah, that's plot. I mean, I'll suspend my disbelief for that. The guy was an android, right? Yeah, for sure. Ripped his head off. But, all right. I blood there you go. <laughs> I agree. I told there really wasn't in, and yes, like an eye gouging. That would be a bloody affair. So yeah, for sure. Well, and when she gets um, with the thing in her head. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, there should have been something. There was right, nothing. Yeah. Right. Well, since you're our guest, Anya, we are going to ask you: Was it good? Was it bad? Was it a classic with a rating uh, zero out of five? It was good, not a classic, but it was good, um, and I'd give it a three and a half out of five. All right, excellent, mm-hmm. Andy. That's quite generous, Anya. I, I don't like this movie that much. I would. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think we're. I think we got to wrap it up here, so I'm not going to say too much. But I, I think you've you've heard my opinion enough already. Uh, the, I think if this had not been called Halloween, it, it might have uh, might have done a little better, and I might have a more favorable opinion of it. And that might be tainting my opinion a little bit. But uh, I'm going to give it two stars. I think some of the effects were really good. The acting was fairly poor. Mm-hmm. The story was. Uh, was kind of uh, crazy, uh, and, I, and I think you know they kept it as good as they could in, a, in an hour and a half movie for everything they were dealing with there. But um, I, I'm going to give it two stars. All right, good, bad, or classic. I actually think it was a bad movie. Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet and to the point. I love this movie. I'm with Anya. Three and a half. This was a good movie. Definitely not a classic, but something I can watch all the time <laughs> very good all right anya where can people find you once again oh come find me on instagram it's anya a-n-y-a dot gore g-o-r-r-e excellent yeah, and definitely check that out it's really cool and stuff don't forget to listen to her podcast link to the uh bio every time she puts one out it's uh horror and more with anya gore so much fun just and you guys you talk about a plethora of things so it's awesome we, we're big supporters of it keep up the good work thank you so much for coming in and, and chatting with us about halloween three and uh have yourself a wonderful weekend thank you for having me it was fun i love listening to you guys